<laughs> yeah, it's a very it's a very casual conversation, so don't mind. Uh, just try to speak uh, directly into the mic and speak okay. clearly. Uh, that's that's all you need to do. That's literally all you need to do. So, okay. Uh, welcome everyone to another edition of Culture Class Podcast, the podcast where we get to interview people and talk to people from different backgrounds, get to learn about other cultures, and you know, kind of like build that bridge of understanding between cultures, uh, getting ourselves educated in the process. Uh, before I introduce my guests, I just want to say happy International Podcast Day today. Uh, I didn't even know that was a thing, to be honest. And you know, I was just uh, trying to post an episode today and I saw uh, Apple uh, iTunes, the Apple Podcast uh, store, you know, everywhere. Like, uh, happy International Podcast. I thought, oh, that's pretty interesting. We, we kind of like have a day for everything now. <laughs> I mean, people people have happy meat day, happy fish day. We, we, we have so many things. But yeah, uh, let me just take this opportunity to appreciate everyone who has been listening, uh, been tuning in. Um, we, we have, we might not be a lot of people listening, but we are very diverse. Um, I mean, people listening from Saudi Arabia, from Ireland, from uh, Kenya, Brazil, uh, you know, a whole bunch of places. Nigeria, of course, the US, Canada, places like that. So I don't take you guys for granted. Uh, thank you so much for always tuning in every week. And uh, together we're growing. And I believe that. We'll get to the promised land very soon. Okay, so without much ado, uh, let me introduce my guests. Uh, from what I understand, this is your first time doing a podcast, right? Yes, it is. Okay, how does it feel so far? Uh, well, it's interesting and exciting to to be a first timer podcast interviewer, interview, and also to do it on the international podcast day and to your surprise it's also today is international translate translators day really and it is um named after saint jerome saint jerome uh is believed to be the first or the father of translation translating bible i think oh really um and Was september it? the 30th is, is the saint jerome's day or International Translators Day. Hey, there you go. A lot of firsts, a <laughs> lot of firsts. And uh, just to add another first to that, so you guys are usually uh, used to me saying I'm recording out of Washington, D.C. or Silver Spring, Maryland, or, you know, things like that. I, I, get, I think that was that one time I recorded out of Sydney, but today I'm in a brand new city. This is my very first time, September 30th, 2019, recording out of denver colorado actually aurora colorado aurora colorado but it is called uh generally called as denver metropolitan and aurora is in there yeah so yeah i mean people know it as denver because colorado denver is the capital city for the state yeah exactly and, and aurora is kind of like the second biggest city in colorado i guess after denver and the most diverse oh yeah in fact um uh, immigrants from different countries leave. I mean, correct. I won't argue with you there. I mean, I've been living in Denver now for like a month and it is extremely diverse. I've never seen anything like it. And, uh, you know, in D.C., D.C. is somewhat, you know, uh, African population in D.C., things like that. But, but here you have like people from everywhere. 
You know, it's almost like Texas in a way. I think Texas is kind of like, is it Texas or Houston? It's kind of like the most diverse city in the U.S., but I'm sure Aurora is like top three or something. Yeah, Aurora is proud of its international community. It's kind of, it's calling itself as an international city because it has people from almost all over the world. Yeah, well, man, I came to the right place for my podcast, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so let me introduce my guest real quick. Uh, welcome to the podcast, I'm Laku, and I hope I pronounced your name correctly. That's correct. Uh, yes, I'm Laku, and I met about two weeks ago. Uh, two, three weeks ago. Yes, okay. something like that. And uh, we met at the Ethiopian Day Celebration here in Aurora, Colorado, and we got talking for a while, and, you know, I just got intrigued by your knowledge and your research and your study into languages and phonetics and linguistics and the history of language, things like that, and, you know, I was just like, hey, you know, I haven't recorded in a while, so all the episodes you guys have been listening to have been pre-recorded episodes that I've been putting out every week, but this is actually my very first episode in Denver, so, and I decided to have it with uh, I'm Laku, so I'm looking forward to a very interesting conversation today. Thank you very much, Nasa. I'm privileged to be the first uh, for your 2019 uh, recording and the first uh, record um, interview. Uh, I mean, the first person to be interviewed in Denver. Yeah, of course. This is going to go down in the history books. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know if you can remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can remember the very first. Thing, our first interaction like two weeks ago when we met um i was trying to ask no i was i think i was trying to collect your number after no not our first interaction after we had interacted and i was trying to collect your number so i can follow up with the podcast and everything and i, I, I like saving people's uh full names in my phone just so i can know so you know if it's john smith or henry cavill whatever so i can know that oh, okay this is this person and i try to ask for your full name you kind of told me something I hadn't really heard before that. And just for context, Amlaku is Ethiopian. And you said uh, Ethiopians don't necessarily use both their names all the time. And most times they either use their title and their first name, and they only get to use their first name and last name when it's like on an official document or they have to do something official that it's not common to interact with people on first and last name basis. And based off of that, I saved your name with just one name, your first name, Amlako, on my phone. But um, just for to intrigue our listeners the way you intrigue me, can you talk about that a little bit? There's a bit of story there in the culture of why many Ethiopians are you know, addressed by just your first name. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think naming is one peculiar thing everywhere. Uh, the way people are addressed and the way people are given names. So um, Ethiopians, we don't have or we don't use the last name system as it is being used in the West. So our, we go by uh, our first name uh, and then uh, father name uh which is middle name here and grand grandfather name. So wait, sorry. Let me just let me just get that. You you go. Most Ethiopians go by their first name, their father's name, and their grandfather's name. Yeah, I'm going to explain all that. Okay. So we have uh, a given name, father's name, and grandfather's name. Okay. So when it's a complete document, when you're filling an official document, you put you print all the three names. 
Okay. First name, father name, and uh, grandfather. And that's your father's first name or your grandfather's first name? Yes. Okay. Um, we don't have a family name which goes all the way down to oh. children and grandchildren and grand-grandchildren. We don't have that system. Wow. So um, I take, my name is Amlaku. That's my given name. Bikis is my father's name. Shete is my grandfather's name. And my children will take their given name, Amlaku, their father, and Bikis, not Shete. Oh. So uh, that's how the naming the name system works in Ethiopia. And um, when you address people, if you are uh, formally introducing a person on a stage or uh, writing a form, you use your full name and title. Like Mr. Uh, we we have Atto for Mr. So we say Atto Amlaku Bikisheti. Atto Amlaku Bikisheti. So that's why when you fill uh, fill in a form or introduce me formally on a, on a stage or anywhere. But when you um, maybe when you first introduce yourself, you may say your name and your father's name. Um, my name is Amlaku Bikis. But afterwards, you address me as Amlaku. So first name is the most used name in Ethiopia. Oh, first wow. name or given name. Oh, okay. Let, let me ask a very important question. Mm -hmm. So I think I can say that this podcast is somewhat official, even though we're having a very casual conversation. Do I have permission to use your full name in the credits and the podcast episode? Yes. Yeah, you can say Amlaku Pikus or Amlaku Bishete. That's how I put uh, in my book. Yes, Amla could be Ishete. And I'm going to put it out in the notes for people to, to, to kind of uh, know what we're talking about. And Ato, you say, is the title. So Ato is like Mr. Like Mr. Is used to address a man. Yes. So what's used to address a lady? A lady, you know, for it's interesting for a man, whether married or not, you address uh, him as Ato uh, to formally address a man. But for a lady, if she's married, you say way zero. Mm. And if she is unmarried or not yet married, mm. you will say whether it. So is it whether and whether it? Yes. Oh, wow. So it's kind of like, uh, I guess French is a little bit similar, like Madame and Mademoiselle kind of thing. So no, that's right. That's based right. on your status of the woman, then uh -huh. you, you address her a certain way. And is that still prevalent? Is that still common in the culture now? Or people exactly. just tend to... Yes, exactly. It's still common. Oh, wow. That's yeah. that's really interesting. But but what about... Uh, and there are two other words I learned two weeks ago when we met. Denane and Denashe. Did I pronounce Denane, Denanesh. Denane, Denanesh. Okay, yes. no, not Denashe, um, it's Denanesh. Denane is how are you for a masculine. Mm-hmm. And Tenanesh is um, how are you for feminine? Feminine. That means qualifying the noun, like the uh, article used before a guy or a girl is different, even as the salutation is different. Um, let me tell you here a little bit more. Um, it's good that you mentioned the example of French. Mm -hmm. uh, if uh, you have uh, a little bit of knowledge of French, um, Amharic and French work exactly the same way in terms of this uh, gender usage um, in language. Um, the same as we saw for madame and mademoiselle. French verbs are conjugated according to gender and number. The same is true for Amharic verbs. 
they are conjugated according to gender and number. So if you have a singular feminine, the verb will be a certain type. And if you have masculine singular, uh, singular the verb will be a, a certain type. Uh, and uh, masculine plural, actually the plural, the plural works the same again uh, as the French. Uh, the French, if you have men and women all together, if you address men and women all together, you take the masculine form. Oh, wow. And the same uh, Amharic uh, generally addresses if we have men and women uh, as just endeminachu, um, for example. So you say endeminachu for both men and women. Endeminachu. Uh, yes, endeminachu, which means how are you? Interesting, interesting. Let's take it back a notch. We're still going to do uh, somewhat of a deep dive into language, and I know that's your field, that's what you, you studied, that's what you love. Um, but just to get to have a sense or to understand what country we're talking about, like I said earlier, you know, we have people who are listening from all over the world. Um, some people might not necessarily have heard of Ethiopia before. So can you give us a little bit of context? Where exactly is it? Um, what, what, what are the common languages? What are the common religions? Maybe a sense of the food, just a general to, to, to paint a picture for some of our listeners. Sure. Uh, first, let me uh take a few uh, seconds to say about myself. Uh, I haven't studied much language as much as I want to or I should, um, but I have studied English for undergraduate degree and for a master's degree. Uh, so I did um, undergrad degree in foreign languages and literature, an English major and French minor. That's where I got wow. my French. And that, that's not a lot of languages at all. <laughs> uh, and for a master's as in teaching English as a foreign language, as a foreign language, so um, I used to teach uh, English um, at different levels. And the very uh, last several years were at a college, uh, at a university. What, and, what university, if I may ask? Um, a local university in Ethiopia, and uh, Amharic is my native language. Mm. Um, Amharic is the federal working language now in the current government system. Oh, really? It is the federal working language, and in the past, uh, like before uh, the current government, like before 1991, mm -hmm. uh, it used to be a, um, a national language and still currently it's the language that serves the whole Ethiopia as a lingua franca. Oh, so wow. that we have more than 84 languages and speakers of most speakers of those vernacular 84 languages more than 84 actually uh, the most most part of those Speak, uh, speakers of the, those 84 languages speak Amharic uh, to some extent, and some of them fluently, because it used to be a national language, or official working language, and business language all, all over Ethiopia, uh, and a language of education as well, uh, language of instruction. So Amharic is uh, still the dominant language in Ethiopia, and um, it has like, I may not get the exact figure, but 
like 34 or 30 something million people as a native language, as a first language, and the rest as second language. So um, coming to your question where Ethiopia is, and I have touched a little bit about it, I mean, about the languages. Ethiopia is located in the Horn of Africa, um, bordered by Kenya in the south, um, Sudan, north and south in, uh, in the west, and um, Djibouti and Somali in the east, and uh, Eritrea and Red uh, Eritrea in, in the north, which is to be part of Ethiopia until 1991. Mm. Uh, religions, uh, we have Ethiopian Orthodox Christianity, uh, which is again the dominant, uh, like 60% of the people um, are followers of Ethiopian Orthodox Christianity. And we have um, Muslim, again, second largest religion. We also have different uh, denominations of Protestant, uh, Protestant, uh, Protestant religion. And in terms of language, I already have said that. Yeah, we have, uh, more, than 84, more than 84. Languages. And that means we have more than 84 ethnic groups. Mm. Well, linguistically different, so different. Uh, consider themselves as uh, different ethnic groups. I'm, I'm curious about one thing. When you say Ethiopian Orthodox or Christianity, um, how does that differ from, uh, say, oh, let me not say how does that differ. Uh, what are the main differences of, uh, I don't know, maybe Catholicism, for instance? Is, it, uh, is there a unique practice uh, believe, but is there a unique practice done by people who believe uh, who are Ethiopian Orthodox Christians, or is there like a different Bible? Well, what's like the one or two major things? That... Thank you. You reminded me of one religion that I, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention, and that's Catholic. We we still we also have Catholic in Ethiopia, uh, but Ethiopian Orthodox is just uh, you know uh, the Orthodox Christianity in the world are mainly five, I think, in Russia, Russian Orthodox Church, Indian Orthodox Church, uh, Armenian, Greek, and um, including Eritrea now, uh, which Eritrean and Ethiopian is just uh, the same. Um, so uh, how Orthodox Christian, why Ethiopian is just to address that, um, the Orthodox Christianity is practiced in Ethiopia by Ethiopians, as oh. we say, Indian Orthodox Christians, or Russian Orthodox Church, or Greek Orthodox. So it's just, um, as we say, Ethiopian Catholic or Ethiopian Muslim, we, we may say uh, also. But to answer the difference, I mean, the difference between all that, uh, <laughs> I think it needs to, I mean, I have to do a little bit of research or research. I have to be in yeah religious wise I have to be really prepared I can't I, 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 mean, I can't err on that and <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know if I'm sounding controversial by asking that question but you know there, there are just some obvious differences in some religions I get to experience you know some people believe that you know you need to you, you don't cut your hair other people believe you have to cover your hair you know just some of those uh, major things for someone like me who haven't heard about 
um, Orthodox Christianity specific to Ethiopia. Uh, but that's not in any way pressuring you to answer the question. I'm just trying to uh, tell you why I was curious uh, about that particular subject. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that by asking the question, but, uh, you know, to, we should be able, uh, we should give uh, really clear answers and clear details for our listeners. Mm-hmm. And for that, you know, uh, if I say Orthodox requires this and this, and if as if we are talking about the differences, I have also I have, I have to also say Catholic has this and this. Yes. So I should I should be able to see I mean to show the differences and similarities between Catholic and Orthodox or Protestant for that matter. But I am not right now in that position. <laughs> okay, okay, fair, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, there's also, there's also something I've been amazed about uh, by Ethiopia. So um, it, it's. Virtually all the countries in uh, Africa uh, at some point in their life were colonized, but uh, the the same is not the case for Ethiopia. Mm -hmm. And I can remember the first time I got to find out that information, I think I was in uh, elementary school or something, and, you know, know, listing the African states and when they were colonized and when the Independence Day was and all that thing, and got to Ethiopia and there was nothing. Uh, And I asked the teacher, is there a mistake? They didn't print the ink on the book. Or something happened. She explained to me that no, actually, Ethiopia wasn't colonized, and I was like, "Wow, that's interesting." Uh, it's just fascinating <laughs> to know because uh, you know the effects of colonization are still being felt uh, more than a hundred years later. Uh, you have situations where uh, countries like Gabon and Ghana, some of the Francophone-speaking countries, are still. Uh, remitting money back to France every year and things like that, and there's ec- economic uh, suppression in some of these countries. And it's just amazing to know that there there is a country in Africa that had been independent by itself, like all through time. So that that's interesting. And has Ethiopia always had the monarchy system of government? Has that always been a mainstay all through history? Or that's something that was uh, maybe during a particular era, like 50, 100 years or something. Yeah. um, Just to touch a little bit on the uh, colonization. uh, Well, um, Italy had tried to colonize and uh, stayed for five years in the north, Eritrea, the current Eritrea, uh, which was one province back then. Uh, and because we have the people uh, and the government, we had really organized, united, and using our own languages and our own government systems, they were able to defend. And they, there was there were there were two wars between Italy and Ethiopia at different times. Uh, the first one was in eighteen eighties uh, something. Um, I think 1835, I think. 1888, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, and the other one was in 1935, around. Oh, 1935, so, I'm sorry. I mean, 1935. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, at there, both times, Italy was defeated. Mm. And um, that's how we, we were able to, uh, I mean, our forefathers were able to uh, maintain the independence, independence. untouched wow. and um, always free 
that that that's interesting. That brings me to another question. Like Africa, generally, um, what we know is we are by nature communal. So you know, it takes a village. Uh, everyone, your your family is not just your immediate family that you are born right. to. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, in touch with everyone, your cousins. You know, the larger family. Uh, everyone, you know, does things together. But having that unity to prevent uh, Italy from colonizing, does that go to show that there's more focus on communal nature and togetherness in Ethiopia, or is just like every other country, basically, and you are just united by a common enemy? Um, not that. Uh, let me just answer the previous question about um, having um, a monarchy or a government um the emperorship you know there were times which the monarchy system was interrupted um, for a short while but most of the times ethiopia was ruled by um monarchy system uh, until 1974 the last emperor was uh as a or emperor Selassie. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 so, um, you know, the people consider the emperor as anything next to God. Mm-hmm. So whatever the emperor says or the empress says is the last word. So the emperor during the first Ethiopian war was Menelik. And he proclaimed, he announced it to the public that every, every people should unite and defend their country, should come together and defend their country because um, uh, an invader, colonizer is coming to take our culture, our religion, our properties, uh, our resources. So the public took that word of the emperor very seriously and just everyone went out and you know um, I, I don't really have now the details um, I'm not a professional historian I didn't study uh, in detail but from uh, what I understood uh, from my classes during my high school time and later from my readings and from all that, it was thousands and ten thousands of people during that time. The population was like, it's not a hundred million like now, it was Mm -hmm. just like 35 or 30, not even 35, like 32 or 30 million people, even less 30 million. Until recently, we were like 35, 30 something really. So um, it is because of the words uh, of the emperors, uh, the emperor Minilk and emperor Haile Selassie, Minilk the first and the second and Haile Selassie the first. So the people, it's not because of we have one common enemy. Now the people were culturally, linguistically um, and administratively united. Mm. More importantly, administratively united. Mm. Uh, so that was the main reason. 
And over the second question, um, uh, just uh, if more than other parts of Africa, uh, there's an emphasis on community and togetherness, you know, things like that in uh, Ethiopia, yeah. always, you know, similar to other parts of the continent. Yeah, to, to a certain extent, it is similar. Yeah, we are communal, we're um, community-based and in different villages all, t all together. So you have this village and that village, uh, that part of the country and this part of the country. Uh, but as a whole, as I said earlier, the administrative system we was able to keep to keep all together. So we had one government, not different uh, small governments for the different regions mm. or for the different villages mm. uh, or village leaders. So the structure, the government structure, was strong. Mm. So that's um, I believe that was the main the main factor to keep all people all together. As I said, uh, listening to the I mean, taking the, the emperor's words seriously um, as next to God yeah, it was, was, was the main thing. Mm. And, you know, most Ethiopians are back then and now religious. And they know that if a, a colonizer comes in, they wouldn't be able to practice their religion. Uh, they wouldn't be able to follow, um, worship their God as they used to do. So they are really um, very, very um, committed to, uh, and they, they are so much compassionate to their country and to their faith, religion. We call Natagar. Mm. Natagar means uh, motherland. Natagar? Yes, and Nat is mother. Agar is a uh, uh, country, so Nat we Hager. call Nat Agar, Nat Hager. So we, Till today, that's still yes, used to say. Yes, mm. so for everyone, for every Ethiopian, a country is a mother. Wow. So you can't let your mother be taken or be exploited or be um, oppressed by someone else. Mm -hmm. So that's the real, the real cause of I mean, that's the second real cause of the people going out to fight Italy. Gotcha, gotcha. Wow, very, very interesting stuff. And if you are from Ethiopia and you're listening to me right now, please bear with me. I know some of the questions I'm asking are really sound really elementary, <laughs> but, uh, and maybe, you know, I try my best, you know, to also be cautious, you know, when I'm approaching certain questions about certain cultures, especially one that I don't know too, many, too uh, much about. So let me apologize in advance if I've said anything that, you know, has, has you know, sounded a, a little bit offensive in any way, but I'm just genuinely curious. And people who listen to uh, my podcast also are curious about these things. Uh, so I, I try to approach it from a place of uh, willingness to learn and just soaking up information. Um but with that being said, uh, let's talk a little bit about Amharic, uh, which is uh, the major language, like you said, uh, in Ethiopia and is currently the lingua franca of Ethiopia. So that means you see Amharic on billboards and on buildings and on forums and in school, everywhere there's right. Amharic. Oh, so a, a kid grows up learning Amharic. That's true. Well, that's, that's really interesting. Um, but 
we're talking two weeks ago about the Amharic alphabet and how different it was from the English alphabet. Obviously, it's a different language, but just the way it was structured. Uh, that was a really interesting conversation. You're telling me about the 33 by 7 what would I call it? The 33 by 7 alphabet. And we have a book here. Uh, uh, we don't have a, a camera here to show you, but I'm going to put the Amazon link in the description. So if you guys want to go check it out on Amazon, order it uh, uh, to buy it. But I just found that interesting. So 33 alphabets, but each alphabet has seven different variations. Mm -hmm. Talk a little about that. Uh, yes, I'll definitely talk on that. Uh, but first, let me uh, go back to what you, to your apologies, uh, apologies that you said. Uh, your questions, I am a witness here. They are not offensive. But I rather would like to, uh, my Ethiopian fellow listeners, to make, uh, if you have an option to write a comment. Well, if I have made anything, if I have missed anything, or if I... Um, misunderstood or misrepresented something. I just would like to. Uh, I'm a, I'm not a historian, mm. but I just would like them to give us their comments and take it as something said from a good faith. Uh, so, having said that, I will go to the question of uh, how Amharic works. Mm. Um, well, Amharic is my native language. I haven't studied it at school. I rather studied English the whole my life, like as a student and as a teacher. Is there a reason for that? Why you were drawn to English? Did you just stumble into it and found it interesting and continue going? Or well, English was my favorite subject since elementary. Oh, interesting. Uh, and it has been now my whole life. Gotcha. So currently, I do translations. I translate from English to Amharic. Okay. from American to English. So um, after teaching English for so many years, I switched into translation and I, I found that to have, I learned how the two languages work really, and I got fascinated by. Mm -hmm. So I even now have this book, Amharic for Foreigners and the Ethiopian Diaspora. Uh, I sometimes teach uh, foreigners who married Ethiopian wives or husbands uh, who adopted Ethiopian children or who like to go and work uh, uh, in Ethiopia as volunteers or as tourists. So I have, I have taught several of them online and I also have taught a few Ethiopian diaspora. Uh, so I saw how uh, in, in the teaching process, I also taught myself a mic. In, in its real sense, I mean... Uh, in its real sense? Yeah, okay. going deep into how it works. I mean, when you, when you speak your language just for communication, mm. your native language, you don't really mind the grammar, you don't care, or you don't Facts. really uh, see how the language works, you don't, you don't go how... The, the, I mean, you, you don't really care and see how the language works. You simply say it and then you don't More. care about what, or you don't go into uh, asking yourself how this works. But when you try to teach a language to someone else, you try it, oh, this is how we say it? Ah, why is it said like this? Or mm. how, which word comes with this one? 
Now, how is this word formed? So it, it's really interesting to teach your own language. And um, my English study at school helped me to see how grammar works and uh, how syntax works, syntax, uh, how yeah. semantics works, mm -hmm. and how works are, I mean, words are d derived from uh, derivative words mm -hmm. and how the different parts of words go together and create many meaning in all sorts of all sorts of that and you know language is fascinating and what what is more fascinating about i didn't know much about my language uh before and i would not have known if i had not taught amharic you spoke your language but you didn't know much about your language i didn't know how my language works and how my language was different from other languages, other languages. but now because I have taught Amharic uh, to others, and I have um, composed, I have wrote, uh, written a book, uh, and I have now seen how Amharic is different from uh, or similar to at least the language I know, French and English. Mm. And French and English are um, Latin-based languages. Correct. So most languages in the world, well, I don't have the statistics and I can't say most, but the languages like if you take Spanish, French, Italian, German, all these are English. Uh, the, all these are Latin-based. We use the ABC alphabet, the ABCD alphabet, alphabet. So these are uh, the ABCD are Latin alphabets. Yeah, yeah. But Amharic is different from, so the, uh, uh, to just give you one interesting fact about Amharic is, in English, you have 26 letters. Mm -hmm. And if you study all those 26 letters, you can do anything. You can't even say a word. Um, or you can't read, you can't listen. But in Amharic, we have 33 um, main uh, basic characters. Okay. and seven um, conjugated by seven so we have the vowels oh sorry let, let yeah. me let me just ask a question here what is the alphabets basically the characters called in Amharic Fidel 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 okay uh, so each character is a Fidel yes okay that's true. okay Fidel uh, totally we call this one Ye Fidel Gabata the whole, the whole, gabeta is like table, okay? So it's like a fidel. collection or a table of fiddles. Yes, a table of uh, fiddles or um, the alphabet chart. Okay. So a fiddle gabeta. I have put that in here. Yeah, yeah. Fiddle, fiddle gabeta. You can see that in English here, right? Oh, ye fidel. I was just saying the F. Also, is ye fidel gabeta. Ye fidel gabeta is gabata. when you oh. say off. Ye is off. So oh. you were correct by saying fidel. Fidel is just the one character. One character fidel. is fidel. Okay. But so ye fidel. High is a fidel here. Lay is a fidel. No, uh, all of, I mean, each one of them is a fidel. Okay. But when you address the whole table, you say Ye Fidel Gabata, which means Gabata. table of uh, characters. Characters. Uh, um, chart of chart of alphabet. Alphabet. The alphabet chart. And and we're looking at, again. We don't have video, but I'm kind of like looking at a chart 
of what uh, your fidel gavata looks like and all the different symbols and i'm just trying to I, I see some that look a little similar some look like a u that's turned upside down some look like an e uh, but just to have the basic structure of the 33 characters and the different variations of each of those characters uh, can you just give a brief breakdown of that particular yes way it's arranged um, I, i'll continue on explaining how um, I said if you study the 26 English letters mm -hmm. of the English alphabet then you don't speak the language or you don't hear and anything but if you study um, the Amharic um, alphabet the hall you will be able to recognize sounds uh, and you will be able to read because every sound is uh, I mean every symbol represents a sound so when you see the letters, if you know the alphabet, if you know the alphabet, um, all the letters in the alphabet, all the characters in the alphabet, then you can read because every sound, every letter is a distinct sound. A distinct sound. Oh. Uh, so the reason why you can't do anything in English because uh, when you read or write or speak in English, you should be able to combine vowels and consonants in a meaningful way, mm -hmm. in a way that the language comments. So to say um, tree should have T-R-E-E, -E, right? Mm -hmm. But in Amharic, if, to, if you have to say the sound tree, you will not have uh, four letters. You will have just two because the sound is T and R, two oh. sounds. And this brings me to the explanation of how Amharic sounds are created, are created. Uh, or uh, how the Amharic uh, characters are created. Every character is a combination of a vowel and a consonant. Interesting. So Every single character. Yes. Every single character is like... So the reason why we have 33 and 7 variations, which means 33 by 7, like 200-something, um, is because every sound is represented. We have uh, different, like uh, more than five, six sounds, which are not. That starts those those sounds you made started with a consonant and also had a vowel. Mm -hmm. mm. And um, we have different sounds. I mean, there are sounds that you can't say in English. So there we have in Amharic we have sounds which do not exist in English. Um, and we have, I think, a few English sounds which don't exist in in, in Amharic, like the th and the, so. uh, yes, and, and it's a slightly different. Uh, we can't, I mean, Amharic speakers can pronounce that exactly the same as native, the th or the the and the, uh, the th initial and the th final. When mm. you have th in the beginning of a word, it's mm -hmm. the and when you have um, in the final, you have the. yeah. So um, we have the we have path. actually yeah. a similar sound, which the we have the, but it, it, it's not exactly the same. But it, just to uh, keep this short, English has forty six sounds. The phonetic alphabet symbols, mm -hmm. they're phonetic alphabets, not the regular alphabet. Oral English, right? Yes, forty six. Mm -hmm. uh, is it's called. International phonetic alphabet. So the phonetic alphabet 
is 46 or about 46. So it's been a while since I really dived into studying English since high school. But is that the like the monothongs and diphthongs thing? Is that part of it? That's oh, right. The okay. vowel sounds and the monothongs and yeah. diphthongs. The long so you have e, the j, long, long e, short yeah, e, ah and uh, ah. long ah and short ah. E and e. Yeah. Yeah. All, all, all those details, they are called well, it's generally the sound system of the language. Mm -hmm. So it's called international phonetic alphabet. So every sound is represented alphabet. by a symbol. So, yes. Uh, that's how we, we we are able to study the language. Yes. So we have the sound system represented by a character. Yes. So we read that character, we see that character, and uh, try to produce the sound that character represents. Uh, by imitating the teacher or an audio or videos. So that's how we learn. And a child learns that from his family, her family, a mother singing a lullaby song yeah. while breastfeeding. That's when language starts. How, how, is, how is Amharic? Okay, I, I guess how is Amharic? What's the best way of teaching Amharic? outside of Ethiopia. So if you want to teach English, for instance, you start with the ABCs, right? A for apple, the B for ball. How do you start? What's the foundation of teaching Amharic? Do you uh, start with the characters and the pronunciation? Is, is, that, is that the first? Like, what are the first five characters? Yeah, thank you for asking that question. I have a uh, really very good question. Um, as I said, when I teach some students, uh, some foreigners, learning Amharic, mm -hmm. who likes just to speak the language. They don't want to read and write. Right. Oh, and then yeah. they ask to transcribe, I mean, that's called transliterate. You write the Amharic in English characters. It's called transliteration. Transliteration. <laughs> yes, wow. that's like the technical term. So yeah. you say, for example, I have your video. This is an example for the transliteration. If you don't get that here, uh -huh. the words are Amharic, but they are written in English. English for, so that English someone like me can see it and try to try pronounce. To pronounce. Oh, so when I'm saying Yefidel Gabata, Gabata, uh, I'm actually speaking Amharic. That's right. Even though the characters using aren't Amharic characters, so there's actually a Y and E and F and I, but I see it and I pronounce Yefidel. Exactly. Oh, exactly. okay. Transliteration. Okay. So, um, coming to your question, uh, those learners who like to who like to just speak the language, listen and speak the language, but don't want to read and write, mm -hmm. they prefer this one. Um, but yeah, it seems, seems tried, easier. I, it it's not either. I'm I'm going to explain that. Okay. It's not easier. I have tried both with different students. So the most successful students are those who start learning with learning the alphabet first. And mm. that's what fascinates me about Amharic. Uh, I was telling you this earlier. If you study the alphabet, uh, the alphabet or the Fidel Gabata, mm -hmm. and then you can teach yourself the language. You can teach, mm. you can learn it by yourself. Uh, and and that's how I will explain. I had, I can give you examples from my students. The one, uh, I, I think, I think it's just about the same amount of time. 
maybe a little less with the transliteration, mm-hmm. but he, he didn't get anything. He, he didn't go further. Are you sure that's not just for that specific person? or um, I'm sure, because I have that experience with others. Other students, students also. Okay. Um, and the other one whom I get them start with the alphabet, they really did perfect. Mm. You know why? Because those are like studying the phonetic alphabets of the English. So you have all the sound systems. So you recognize all those letters. They come combined. Like if I show you uh, here, if I tell you, if I teach you just these two. Yeah, and, uh, and it's pointing to two fiddles in the, in the book. Um, called um, Amar for a foreigner's and that's for so there we're uh, looking at the um, alphabet table or if you don't get better, mm-hmm. um, trying to give him uh, an example uh, about the topic we're discussing right now. Yep. Learning um, where w- what is the foundation or what is best to learn Amharic. Is it transliterating, just uh, learning the sounds in an English alphabet mm-hmm. or learning the, the Amharic alphabet? Um, the Amharic characters themselves. Themselves. But there are so many, like 33 by 7. Like, um, uh, Basically, it's just you have A in English, mm-hmm. and A comes in a different ways of, in different sounds. Like mm. uh, ah. A, and sometimes very weak. Um, so it's just like that. We have one sound here. And different me, variations and of the different sound. Variations. So let on the vertical of the table, uh, there are different sounds, and horizontally, it's just different variations of that specific sound. To give a picture of what we are saying right now to our audience, mm-hmm. uh, let, let me just put it this way. We have all the consonants down uh, in the first column, mm-hmm. and we have all the vowels, the the vowel sounds, not just the five vowels, but the sounds that the five vowels make mm-hmm. in um, in the row in the in the first row on the top. So when you come, uh, H is the first consonant in the first column, and if we take U this in the second column, who uh, and you combine H and U, who? you'll get who mm. English to Two characters, Amharic one character for mm-hmm. the same sound, who. And in translation, if I translate five pages of English, that will end up like being three or three and a half pages of Amharic. Really? Interesting. I so I am not only, only a teacher, I'm also a translator, a translator, and I know how the two languages work. And this, because we have uh, the vowels, that's one, just to produce one sound, English may write two or three. Yeah. If you take, for example, P-H-O-U-R-G-H-T. Thorough. Uh, so you have, uh, if you have uh, rough, R-O-U-G-H, right? Mm-hmm. How many letters? R-O-U-G-H. Five. Five. Rough. Mm-hmm. In Amharic, two letters. It will be just two letters. Rough. Because oh, I, I guess rough is one, is a character. So, yes, oh. rough is one. Is, is another. Oh, so wow. um, for this reason, it's easier to learn the characters first. And once you, char- you learn the characters, they never change. They come 
when you make words, they just come in different combinations. Mm. And one word is always the same. Um, or better to put it this way, one sound, one character here is, always, here, the is always the same. Gives you always the same sound. And that's really interesting for me because I studied English and French and I have the trouble in understanding the pronunciation of uh, the long ah uh, and the short ah uh, and the long, uh, the diphthongs and the, um, the silent letters. We don't have much silent letters in Amharic. Because mm-hmm. uh, everything seems to be with that push. That, that's why that we the have... first. If I let me see, because there's some transliteration going on here. Mm-hmm. So let me see if I can read the first column. So the first letter is H. That's a consonant, mm-hmm. and across the vertical you have H A, and I guess it's a long ha. A. Ha. So this is short. Ha. Is it short? Short and weak. Ha. Okay, because he has some accents on top. Yes. So I, I thought yes. it was uh, okay, yeah, long. So, so this is ha. Yes. And the right. next one, H-U, is who. Yes. The next one, H-I, this is a long I, uh-huh. is hi. He. he. Oh, it's he. he, not I. He. 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 Next one. Oh, so this is a longer A. That's long A. Exactly. Ha. You got it. He. Ex- um, is this he? He. He. That's like E in ten. You have T-E-N. Ten. Yeah. Ten. Ten. So ten. Ten. Mm-hmm. Hey. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Hey. But without a consonant at the end, so it just stops with the vowel. Hey. 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 Oh, wow. That, hey. I'm, I'm starting to feel different for now. Let me say that, uh, all of them to you. Ha, mm-hmm. who, mm-hmm. he, ha, he, he, ho. Ha, who, he, he ha, ha, he, 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 ho. ho. That her, that the the second to the last one there, her and he. The the way my tongue is, I had to really adjust to uh-huh. get to get to it's get that. Just, it, it but just it's interesting. Takes a little practice. Yeah. Very. Um, it might not take you to master the whole alphabet. It might it might not take you more than a week. Wow. Uh, wow. And then after. If you recognize every letter when it comes, then I think that's where the trick is, to be honest. Because now it seems easy to me because it's, it's transliterated on the horizontal side. So I can see the English alphabet and use that as a trick. But if I just see the Amharic characters alone without transliteration, then that might confuse me because some of them just have a little accent that diff- makes it different. That's absolutely true, but that's why we need the practice. For a week or so, mm, true. Uh, you study, then you try to have the English on the side and, and on the top, the consonant on the side and the, the vowels on the top, mm-hmm. and so they can help you really identify which is which. And then it, it, the book goes on to give you to help you practice building words of only two characters, mm. which is easier. Like. Um, let me give you one. So you mean there are words of more than two characters? Because most of the words you said just had two characters, like the rough example had just two characters. Uh, that's translating. It's not Amharic word. Oh, rough okay. is the, we're, we were translating the English into Amharic. No, I, I know. Like the R and the F are just two Amharic characters. That's yes, what I'm trying to say. So the word is not Amharic word. Oh, it's, okay. You, okay. You know it's I mean? an English word. Well, yeah, it's okay, an English. We were translating the English. Oh, I got you. Uh, I got so you. If I give you one example on that, having 
um, practicing making two, uh, making, make, I mean, building words, constructing words using two characters. Mm-hmm. Bella. La. Bella. Bella. Means he eats. He is. He eats. Eat. Oh, he eats. Yes. Bella. Uh, he ate. Bella. Bella. Uh, he ate. Bella. So, can you say so? So. So and who? So. You see? So. So. Two characters and one word, and it means man, a person. So. So. Oh. A person. So, um, when you when you identify, when you learned the whole characters, when you studied the whole characters, then it is all. For me, as an Amharic speaker and a teacher, mm-hmm. studying the characters is like 40-50% like of the lesson. Uh, the so you, you want to advise people to do a cheat code like they do with uh, Italian or other languages, just like watch Italian movies and try to pick up words. You really need to get deep if you want uh, to really understand the language and grasp all those different pronunciations. Mm, for Amharic, Mm-hmm. For Amharic, uh, you may be able to pick some words, some greeting words, but that's just, it, it doesn't take you anywhere. It just, you just stop there. Gotcha. But studying the alphabet, uh, all the characters will help you if you have a pl- the plan and the intention of studying the language and um, really using it. You, you study the alphabet, the characters, and then that's all. You got the two, the key. So yeah. every word you see, it doesn't matter whether you know or you don't know the meaning of the word, but you can read it. Yeah. And then you can ask, uh, what does this mean? Minimalitno. Then people tell you the meaning and then you write. So you put that into your vocabulary store. Okay. Yeah. And then yeah. you read it. You ask people, you know the meaning, you learn the meaning. And the grammar... Is not much um, a thing. I mean, it's not. You can still communicate without having a perfect grammar. Gotcha. People still can understand you. So the most uh, in language learning, uh, as a language learner and teacher myself, the most important is having uh, the vocabulary and uh, and uh, the social aspect, and then. You're a learner. That's not your native language. I mean, that's not your first language. So mm-hmm. you may make grammatical errors. I make a lot, a lot every day. So it's it doesn't mean anything. People still understand you, and people still help you with even in in the vocabulary. You say something, and then if you don't know it, they correct you. They correct. So the rest of the learning will be a process, and it it will be definitely an easy process. And I have uh, witnesses. One of my students, you can go to my LinkedIn, um, con- uh, my, my LinkedIn page and see one, uh, the recommendation one of the students gave. So, so he studied Amharic just uh, less than three months with me, and he is now able to. He's white American. Where is he from? That's an important. He's white question. American. He's white American. Yes, and he's able and to. In three months. He is able to write because uh, we emphasized we, we, we emphasized on the alphabet. Mm-hmm. So he studied all the alphabet, mm-hmm. and now I helped him combine different letters mm-hmm. together and make words. And he can write, 
and make sentences. His wife is Ethiopian, so he's also... um, and the main reason to learn... Well, that, that's a good motivation, I guess. <laughs> to, yeah, to... that's the purpose. I just explained that earlier yeah. in the beginning. It's just for anyone uh, who is uh, married to an Ethiopian or... Or wants to go has, work in Ethiopia. Yes, or, or has or... adopted uh, an Ethiopian child. So, um, and it's interesting to, to know multiple languages. I mean... Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really. How, how many languages do you? I mean, you mentioned uh, English, of course. Uh, I, I figure you understand some French. Uh, what, what other languages do you, do you speak, or do you have a working knowledge of? Um, uh, unfortunately, I don't have any more uh, languages uh, as uh, I'm into the level of uh, a working uh, language, but I can read but not understand very much the one of the dialects in Ethiopia, Tigrinya, which, which uses the same uh, character, uh, the same alphabet. And Giz, I can read Giz and understand a little bit. Uh, so, uh, Giz, Wait, did, did you say Greek? Giz. 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 Giz is okay. like uh, Ethiopian. Some, some people call it Ethiopic, but Giz uh, is currently restricted to the Ethiopian Orthodox Church. Mm. Uh, it's a, a church service language. But most literature, ancient literature, are in this. Yes. And most Ethiopian literature is in this. Wow. Um, yeah. Very, very immense wisdom in this, uh, which we haven't yet tapped on. Wow. wow. Very, very interesting. Uh, let me... Let me take a left turn from uh, the language for a second, and I know we've been talking on this for a while. Uh, it's really fascinating uh, what you're doing, and you know, I'm holding the book in my hand, and it really breaks this down. Uh, we're going to have a link in the description. I'm Harik for Foreigners and Ethiopian Diaspora. Uh, it's available on Amazon, uh, so you can order it, I guess. You know, Amazon is, is literally in Everywhere, everywhere. So yeah. you can order, but but just to go to, to go left a bit, um, we were talking about Hela uh, Selassie earlier in the episode. You talked about emperors being revered, almost almost being godlike to their people, but but Mali kind of took that to another level, and you know, really making listeners of reggae music to know who Hela Selassie was and he portrayed him as a godlike figure also and i was just curious to know the connection between because if you talk to the average i don't want to say the average jamaican i'll say the average maybe rastafari they consider ethiopia home they refer to it as zion most people revere Hale Selassie, and you might not necessarily be the best person to answer this, but I've always been curious about the connection between Rastafarianism and the country of Ethiopia. That that connection there, because Rastafarianism is a pretty recent religion, if I might say so, maybe 1900s, 1920s, something like that. And, you know, the connection to that particular country and, and why the practitioners of Rastafarianism are just drawn to Ethiopia. It's just something I've been really curious about. Does Ethiopia get a lot of Jamaican Rastafari 
tourists, visitors, things like that? Um, Emperor Haile Selassie was really famous internationally. Uh, he had a very um, strong foreign diplomacy, I think, and he was also one of the founding father, uh, one of the founding fathers of the African Union. Now, um, earlier it was African Unity. So, I think this Rastafarian and the connection between Rastafarians and Haile Selassie, I think, is kind of a legend. Um, I I don't have much knowledge on that, but it is connected to a visit that uh, Emperor Haile Selassie made to Jamaica. Um, and to your question that do Rastafarians come or Jamaicans come and visit Ethiopians? Definitely. They have a place. They are. They were given uh, a place in in um, Ethiopia by by Emperor Haile Selassie. So they have a village, uh, Rastafari village. I mean, Rastafarian village um, in Shashamani, in one of our provinces. They still live there. Yes. Okay. And if you, they still live there, and there there is a good number of Rastafarian community there. And by the way, Rastafari means uh, Emperor Haile Selassie's name before he became a king. Really? Yeah. His Ras means hate. So he was one of, um, it, and it is a title like in, in, in England, you have knights, right? Um, or um, lords. So you have, uh, in Ethiopia, Ras is one of the titles of the, the nobilities. Ras. And it means hate. So Rastafari, um, he will, he would be given the title and go to a, a, one of um, the administrative units and be a head there. Mm. So administrator. So Rastafari, Tafari was uh, Emperor Haile Selassie's given name. He was wow. he was uh, Tafari Makonnen. Uh, his name was Tafari Makonnen before he got um, uh, enthroned. So Haile Selassie is his uh, enthronement name. Enthronement name. Oh, yes. that's, that's a new piece so of information. They I took, didn't know that. Uh, the Rastafarians are calling themselves after his um, given name. Given name. Yeah. Oh, wow. Interesting. Interesting. And we have um, uh, reggae, uh, I mean, singers, a lot of Ethiopians, they uh, followed the pursuit of Bob Marley. And uh, there is a great strong connection. Even we had uh, his uh, statue kind of uh, thing in one of our squares in Addis. Bob Marley's statue? Yes. Oh, nice. Um, and Addis is the capital of Ethiopia. Addis is the capital of Ethiopia, and we had that, I think. Um, so that's just in short, the connection is very, very strong. Very, very strong. But how and why, it's kind of legendary. Wow. It, it goes back to the visit, as, I, as far as I know, to the visit. Uh, that Ibrahim Selassie made to Jamaica. And you know one thing, whenever I interact with Ethiopians, they always just refer to the capital as Addis, but non-Ethiopians call it Addis, Addis Ababa. Ababa. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they don't say Addis, and I have to, sometimes I have to like, like, you know, not everyone, but oh, you know, yeah. I guess it's an interesting way to just uh, 
put it lightly that oh you know i'm going to Addis. i'm from Addis. you know um, yeah that's right we do we say Addis again and the, the full name is Addis ababa and which means Addis is new yeah like you have new york right so we have Addis ababa is new flower flower ababa is flower so yeah. Addis ababa is new flower and one more thing, and I know we spend a lot of time talking about this, but one other thing I'm curious about, and uh, this will probably be uh, maybe my second to the last question or so, uh, the Ethiopian cal- uh, calendar is also something that's different. And if you could see his face right now, he just, <laughs> he just you know, kind of like wiped his, his forehead and like, oh, you know. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. It is very interesting, and it's one of the unique things. You know, we have... Well, it's not because I'm Ethiopian, but generally we have so many unique things. Our character alphabet is unique. You don't find it anywhere else uh, except in Ethiopia and Eritrea. Uh, and our calendar too. Um, so our calendar is seven years, sometimes eight years younger, or if you travel to Ethiopia, if, according to the European I mean the Western calendar, You'll be seven years or eight years younger there. Oh, really? So if I if I want <laughs> so if I want to if I want yeah, to look young, I just travel to Ethiopia. I lose seven years. <laughs> if you well, literally, you know, <laughs> this is how it works. Yeah. Um, most of our civilization is from our church, mm. so um, the calendar is also uh, re- I mean religious and. Uh, Julian calendar. It's called Julian calendar. It starts, and I know Coptic church uses the same calendar. So it is our New Year is on September 11 or 12. Every four uh, every four year, the leap year it is 12 September 12, and regular the other regular year it is September 11. 11. And that's the beginning of the, the year. The beginning of the year. Okay. And it goes uh, to August, um, and we have every every month. The other unique thing in the calendar is every month has thirty days equal. Okay. Thirty days, not like the not twenty eighth February, not thirty first months, not thirty. Just all of them like thirty across. Mm-hmm. Then when you multiply thirty by twelve, how much uh, do you get? Uh, 30 by 12. Uh, that's 360? 360, right? Mm-hmm. So the Western calendar has those 31 days to make 365. Mm. The year is, uh, the year has 365, I mean 365 days, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So where are those five days? We have 360 days from the 12 months, right? Yeah. Those five days are called leap year, uh, I mean, uh, argument. We have a five-day month. So you have a 13th month? A 13th month. Uh, a 13th month. And it recently has been changed to a different um, motto, but our tourism motto was 13 months of sunshine. 13, 13 months, months of sunshine. Of sunshine. Yes. And that means you have, you know, we have sun all, all the all, I mean, uh, all throughout the year. Okay. Uh, we have the sun all throughout the year, and uh, we have a 13 months, which is unique to Ethiopia only. 
So wait, if someone was born on the third day of the 13th month, his birthday, his birth month would just be five days. Yes. Um, Interesting. When you when you convert that into Western calendar, then it, that five, because you use the, the Western calendar system, so that five months or six months, I mean, six days, uh, months will disappear. Yeah. But if you are using a mark and you're writing it in a mark, then it will be 13, three, uh, 13, three, 2009. Does that mean people have different birthdays? Like if I was born on the third day of the 13th month, if I'm in Addis, I'll say I'm 13, three something. But if I'm in, uh, what's it called? If uh, um, I want to write in English, it would be maybe December 28, I guess, or 27, something like that. Three days before the end of the year. It will be no December actually. It will be September because oh, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it starts at September, yeah. so it'll be so August September. or um, September seventh. My, my son was born on the second of that month, mm. and I think when you convert it to the Western calendar, when you write it in English, it will be seven September. September seven. Yeah. yeah so that's three days 7th. before the eleventh. Four days yeah. before the eleventh. Uh, the start of a new year. Seven. Yes. Uh, Four days before. Four days before. And, and is there some kind of um, mythology around people who are born in that particular month? Are they considered to be lucky or, you know, things like that? Oh, uh, that I don't actually know. Okay. But the month is called uh, a transitional month. Mm. You know, it, it's a short transitional, a bridge from the old year to the new year. Mm. And those... Especially in in our Orthodox Christianity, uh, we have uh, we use that three uh, five or six days month as a cleansing month. Mm. When you go from the old year to the new year, the new year. You, that those five days are kind of cleansing yourself and uh, preparing yourself for the new year. For the new year. So if you have to repaint, you go to your uh, your you go to your priest and. Um, repaint, or if you have to make a uh, new plan, then you prepare and make uh, and if you have to really uh, do something uh, that cleanses your past year. What's what's the American name for the thirteenth month? What's what's it called? Uh, it's called Pagome. Pagome. Yes. Okay. Pa so, uh, uh, is one of the sounds uh. which doesn't exist in English. Pa. Pa. You see? Oh, it's not. Okay. Well, we have something like that in Nigeria. It's called pa. Uh-huh. Uh, but I I uh-huh. use my, uh, what, what's the thing pa. called? Tonsils? Well, what's the, the, oh, the top palate yeah. of the tongue? The top palate of the That's, mouth. We have pa, uh, right? right here in the, in the um, uh, what is it called? Larynx? Uh, yeah, right here we have ka. Mm. Uh, but no, uh, yeah, with your, you use your lips and it's very explosive. You just beat your lips uh, mm. together. You ah. hold your lips together and then exp- kind of like, uh, explode. Yeah. Yeah. You push forward, you outward. Ah. Uh, ah. So, Agumen is the name Agumen. of the 13 months. Oh. Well, I've learned. I've learned so much today. I've learned about Pablo Men, Yefidel Gabata, Gabata, and uh, you know the thirteen by seven uh, uh, Ethiopian uh, alphabet and 
Wow, it's just such a, it's, it's amazing how, you know, I come from West Africa, Nigeria, uh, you're from the Horn East Africa, and, you know, I'm just only getting to learn so many things, even though I knew uh, one or two things about your country, but I'm just getting to learn uh, so many things. So, yeah, it was a pleasure uh, having you on the podcast. Uh, before I let you go, uh, is there anything uh, you want to say? I always like giving my guests the chance to, uh, you know, if they want to drop a particular message or if you just want to talk about your book some more, uh, anything in particular, uh, uh, you, you have the floor. Uh, thank you so much, Nasa. I really uh, appreciate uh, and it's an honor for me to be uh, a first uh, inter- a first person on your podcast where you produce here in, in Denver. Denver. On International Podcast Day. On International Podcast post, uh, podcast Day and International Translators, Translators Day. Day. Hmm. St. Jerome's Day. Yeah. And I, as a translator, I'm really, I feel really happy in the first month of the Ethiopian New Year. In the first month of the Ethiopian New Year. <laughs> lots of firsts. Wow, lots of firsts. And um, the book I have is, um, again, the first um, proper book. I have one before this, uh, which was uh, for small kids who haven't got, I mean, who are not yet going to school, like uh, kind of literacy. Uh, English alphabet, English numbers, colors, ships, and that is also available on Amazon. But this one is um, uh, a very well taught, and it took me because I used the materials uh, to teach my Amharic learners. So uh, it took me. This has been before it, it is published. It has been with me uh, being really processed for more than two and a half years. Uh-huh. So um, it is. I have I have really researched it on uh, not on the language, but on the uh, materials availability of materials for yeah. Amharic learners. And those I found, most of them were disappointing, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am a professional teacher, uh, even though trained as an English teacher. I can translate that. I can transfer the skills of teaching English into Amharic. Amharic yeah. And uh, it is available on Amazon.com and uh, uh, anywhere in the world uh, where Amazon works. And it is... Uh, and I'm going to have a link in the description so you can just click on that and you know, go back or get the book. Perfect. Thank you so much. So yeah. it is It is good for beginners and it up to intermediate level. So if you start as a beginner with this book, and by the time you study and finish um, this book, you will become uh, an intermediate level and high speaker. speaker. And if you need help uh, online, sometimes you can you can schedule um, an online session once a week or uh, twice a month. Uh, and my email is available there. You can uh, amlaku.be uh, at gmail.com. So you can email me and we can arrange an online session and I can help you on studying the book. I can help you, guide you. Well, the book itself is prepared in English and Amharic. It, it guides you in English and then gives you the Amharic, introduces the Amharic, uh, I mean, step by step. Um, <clears throat> And you find more Amharic towards the end of the book, but less Amharic in the beginning of the, the beginning. Book. Oh, so baby steps. Uh, yes, oh. it just goes that way. And Nice. Um, nice strategy. 
Oh, and uh, before we leave, uh, let's just play something called Endgame, which I forgot to do. Mm-hmm. So there's this thing I do at the end of every episode. It's called Endgame. If you've listened to some of the old episodes, you must have heard it. So um, most of my podcast episodes are just in the format of having a really casual conversation. Uh, but uh, we try to stay true of, you know, teaching people or exposing people to other cultures and that's why we play endgame so i ask you specific questions relating to your culture your experience and you answer them and that way our listeners who didn't know certain information like i'm sure some people didn't know about the independence thing will now be you know privy to that information so i just have two questions here about ethiopia and uh, uh I, hope I can answer them. <laughs> I'm sure you can. Yeah. Again, they might they will sound really trivial to you because you know it's your culture. But you know, for someone in Vietnam or you know South Korea, it, it, it's not as trivial. Uh-huh. Uh, but just to pass across that information. Uh, what first question? Okay. What are the colors of the Ethiopian flag? Really trivial. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <okay. laughs> One of our singers says it's on the sky, and um, that one of the uh, reggae singers mm-hmm. says it's on the sky, and no one misses the Ethiopian flag. It's Everyone, on the sky. Yeah, it's on. Oh, the it's sky. on the rainbow. Yes, mm. there are seven colors on the rainbow. Um, but the 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 very strong ones are three. The prominent ones yeah, are three. One are okay, three. so green, yellow, red. Green, yellow, red. Yeah, and we have a blue star on the on in, in, in the center of the yellow that that is just for since the nineteen uh, since nineteen ninety one and people still are opting for and begging for the previous one. The previous the, one. The just um, which which has been there across different govern I mean regimes. Regimes. Uh, uh, the the, the the green, yellow, red is always um, has been always there. Mm. Apparently, a lot of things happened in 1991, but you know we don't have time. <laughs> we don't have time, you know, that to was get kind of turning point to, to, to get into that. But uh, I'll definitely do some more research. Maybe we'll have you when you have your new book. We're gonna have you on it on the podcast, and we we'll talk about sure. that. Sure, that will be an honor. Second question. Uh, this is the very first Ethiopian I got to know when I was really young, uh, uh, watching the Olympics. A very famous long-distance runner, mm-hmm. Mr. Haile Gebrselassie. Selassie. Uh, no connection to Haile Selassie, the emperor. <laughs> <laughs> no connection, yeah. <laughs> but That's true. Do you happen to know how many gold medals Haile Gebrselassie has? Uh, I know he has Olympic gold ten, ten medals. records. Oh, he has lots of records. Like ten he, records. He has so many records. Um... But that's a tough question for me. It is a bit tougher than the first one. And the reason why I ask that question is just to, you know, most people who are you know, familiar with the Olympics and Sydney 2000 or Atlanta 96, shout out to Super Eagles of Nigeria. 26? Can I, can, can I guess? 26? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just gold, Olympic gold medals. Olympic. Oh, I thought um, total... No, he, he, yeah. I think he has like IAF, he has all these yeah. um, marathon where he has carried first place. But in the Olympics, Atlanta uh, 96 and Sydney 2000, he won gold for the 10,000 meters race. And I think it was the Sydney 2000 where he had the photo finish, was it? Well, 
was it highlights last year or one of the like that was the first photo page for a long distance runner but yeah just for people i'm trying to relate for people who like are interested in sports and didn't really know much about ethiopia now you know that oh the famous long distance runner comes from yeah. ethiopia but he retired you know almost 10 years ago yeah he's uh, he yeah. has retired and he's now a businessman so. yeah i'm sure he's running into money <laughs> he's right yeah, he's right for me and he's a very successful person successful yeah. yeah he has to be he's very and famous he, and, and he has he he is uh i can say uh our icon yeah he's a good ambassador Everywhere, for the yeah, country he, yeah, he always seems very calm during his interviews very you know like he's conserving all his energy for the next race <laughs> But yeah, uh yeah, thank you again for coming on Laku. Uh, it's been a real pressure uh pleasure. I'm sorry. All this I'm hard speaking got me mixing. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a real pleasure getting to talk with you. Uh if you if you're listening, you can follow us on social media. Um it's Culture Class Podcast everywhere except Twitter. Twitter is Culture Class Pod. Send us an email, it's Culture Class Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, all that good stuff. Tell us what you think. Tell us uh, what you think about the book. Comment on SoundCloud. Uh, you can try and look for. Are there Ethi- Ethiopian characters on like the iPhone or the Samsung? Can we text in Amharic? Yes. Okay. So maybe what we're gonna do is I'm gonna have the description of this episode in both English and Amharic. So when I come up with the description, I'll send it to you. You can send it back. Then we can have those two variations and maybe that can ease people into into the book. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. That's an, an honor for me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks.